0: Every day.
1: Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am Carson Cunningham. We have to talk about the mellow elbow heard round the world. Carmelo Anthony ejected against the Portland Trailblazers last night. We're obviously going to talk about that call, the Thunder's reaction to it, and the fact that Thunder have dropped another game. We'll dive into all of that, answer a few Twitter questions on this Monday. But first... The Locked On Thunder Podcast is brought to you by Print, an Oklahoma City-based company where you can design your own t-shirt or you can buy the coolest Thunder apparel by far you can ever find. You know, when you go to a Thunder game, you want to have the coolest Thunder shirts. Print is where you need to go. It's prnt.co, C-O. Go to their website. You can see all their cool apparel. They have a a Brody and the Cats t-shirt. They have a Sam Presti is the real MVP, kind of the old Barack Obama signage there that's a really popular one and they have a hoodie mellow hoodie it is hoodie season it's getting cold outside you need to go check all this stuff out it's a really cool company print you can design your own shirt or you can just go online buy their thunder apparel or this is really cool they have a shirt of the month club for just 10 bucks a month that's it 10 bucks you can sign up and they'll send you a, a shirt the first week of every month and right now it's a really cool one it's the ok3 logo they've designed Talking, obviously, about the big three for Oklahoma City. So, if you want to look cool, you want to have the coolest Thunder apparel, you got to go to PRINT. That's PRNT.co. Go to their website, check out all their cool gear. and If you want to look cool on on the Gram, on Facebook, on Twitter, with your coolest Thunder shirt, you can get a lot of likes and comments if you go to PRNT, PRINT, and check out their Thunder gear. So, PRINT is brought to you by the uh, Locked on Thunder podcast. They're our official sponsor of the show. And without further ado... Let's get to what was a wild night in Portland. And I tell you what, obviously we, we have to start with the Carmelo Anthony ejection. Okay, he, he drives to the bucket. You've seen the play by now. Uh, Joseph Nurkic challenges him, and Mello and him collide. Mello actually makes a circus shot, which no one talks about anymore. It's a great, unbelievable and one play. And they call the foul, and then they decide to review it because Nurkic acts like he took a two-by-four to the forehead from Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He's he's just down on the mat for forever. Won't get up. I mean, I'm sure he took an elbow. and it, it, mellow did collide with him, but it didn't look as if he extended his elbow and just rocked him to, like, the temple or anything. So Nurkic stays down. They review the play, and obviously, as you know by now, they give him a flagrant two, automatic ejection. One of, not one of, the worst call I've ever seen at the NBA level. I've been watching since the early 90s, since Jordan's heyday, when Shaq was a rookie is when I really fell into the, in love with the NBA. Worst call I have seen ever at the NBA level. And how they can judge that as excessive contact, as a dangerous basketball play, which is what you have to do to get a flagrant two. That was egregious. One of the worst calls I've ever seen. And I think a lot a lot of this Paul George kind of touched on this too. I think the refs really got got caught up in the just the environment. You know, it was an intense game. Russell Westbrook had gotten into it with the Portland earlier over <laughs> over a tie ball. And I think you know that crowd's a great crowd. It's it's very loud, it's it's boisterous. And I think the referees just got really caught up in the environment. Paul George even said as much. He said, that he said the crowd influenced the officials. And I, I think that's the only way to justify the, the call that they made. I mean, they're, they're on the, the horn with Sakakis, They're reviewing it back there. But just overall, the way they officiated the game, I thought they, they really let the crowd get to them. Uh, the NBA crew chief, Rodney Mott, commented on, on the ejection for Carmelo. He was asked why it was a flagrant two and not a flagrant one. He says, we deemed the contact was excessive and that it was not a natural basketball move where he seeks out Nurkic, hits him in the face with an elbow, then goes back to the basket. So because it's unnatural and it's deemed excessive, therefore flagrant too. That's absurd. He didn't go after Nurkic, then go shoot the ball. He, he prepared for impact with a 7-foot European dude who was blocking everyone's shot and collided with him, turned, and made the basket. If he was so concerned about elbowing the guy in the head, it would have been virtually impossible for him to turn around and make the shot as well. And that's something the NBA is going to have to look forward to moving forward. If, if, if that's a flagrant too, if that's worth Carmelo getting kicked out of the game, well, and guys are going to get thrown out all the time. I, I think back to Blake Griffin, all his posters that he has, he extends his arm way further than Carmelo did. And he's, he's elbowed Pau Gasol in the face before. He did it this year against Rudy Gobert, his big poster on Gobert. He elbows Gobert right in the face and he doesn't even get a flagrant, let alone a flagrant too. So I, I think this was an aberration. I think it was just a horrible misjudgment by the officials, by the by the Sakakis who reviewed it. And uh one of the worst calls I've ever seen and, and Carmelo, to his credit, handled it very well. He just kinda wa- he was kind of in shock, I think. <laughs> he trudged off the floor. I would have gone ballistic on, on the officials if I was Carmelo. I would have gone nuts. Uh reasons why I'm not an NBA veteran. But and I thought he was the most calm of anybody in the locker room afterwards, which kinda leads to my next point is the Thunder, to a man, or, or, are just—they've had it with NBA officiating. And I hate when people complain about officials. If you watch the Thunder broadcast, that's all it is—they don't even talk about the game. All they do every single night is complain about the officiating, and that—that that wears me out. But they have been on the the wrong side of some calls this year. Specifically, Paul George can't get a call. There were several times this season, really all season, he's been getting the, the not the benefit of the doubt, is how he put it. And the Thunder to a man, they're on like the Thunder. They are on the same page always. If there's something that's bothering them, or there's something message they want to get out, they are all on the same page. And to a man, they all just went crazy about the officiating afterwards. Russell Westbrook dropped some expletives, called it BS that he gets hit in the face, and they don't review it. And he got called for flagrant against Boston when he accidentally hit a player in the face. You know, Russell's had it. He called it BS. He's going to get fined. And he just signed a massive contract, so I don't think that's going to bother him. But even Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan was like, yeah, I guess I should just tell Russell to lay on the floor longer when he gets hit in the face, because then they'll review it. So they, it's clear to me that Thunder have had it. They they are not going to just take the high road on this. And I think the emotions just boiled over for everyone in Portland. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the Thunder react moving forward if they don't get a, a blatant call that they, they deem as egregious, like, I, I, I got to see a lot of technical fouls in their future if, if if they're already this upset and we're only this far into the season. I mean, Billy Donovan doesn't get technicals very often, but he's even gotten one already this season. So that's going to be fascinating moving forward is just the, the Thunder have been overly frustrated with officiating this far, and they don't feel like they're getting the benefit of the doubt. So that was interesting to hear their comments. They did not pull any punches after the game. Um, but, but besides the Carmelo ejection and all that, I mean... It really kinda of covers up just some some of the issues the Thunder are having. We're not we're not talking about the free throws that Russell Westbrook missed right now. All we're talking about is Carmelo getting ejected and how ridiculous it was and how Russell called out the officiating. Well what about what about the free throws? This is a huge issue for this team. It's not just Andre Robertson anymore. Your star player, Russell Westbrook, gets fouled, game on the line, shooting three free throws. He misses all three. He misses All three free throws. Russell Westbrook is a career 82% free throw shooter. That should never happen. And I know Russell said earlier this season that the rule change has really messed him up. You know, he used to go behind the three-point line and come back and shoot each one. It kind of messed up his, uh, his routine. But it's not just a Russell Westbrook problem. The Thunder are just, they're down across the board. In, uh, in free throw shooting. See, Russell was a career 82% free throw shooter. Uh, this season, he is shooting. Let's pull it up here. This season, he is <laughs> he's shooting 59% from free throw this season. That is incredible. That is that is a problem. And and it's not so much, too, that they're missing them, which they are. That's obviously a concern. And, and you have to think that'll balance out before the end of the season. But it's also concerning in that they're not getting to the free throw line at all. That used to be where Russell lived. And that's another complaint that Billy Donovan had. He said, look, Russell has proven he shoots more free throws than anybody. He's not getting any. So that was another way for them to rip the officiating. But the Thunder as a team aren't getting to the line. When they acquired Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, along with Russell Westbrook, you're like, wow, this team's going to shoot a million free throws. As much as they... As much as they uh, can score and get to the line, and and as much as they'll be driving to the basket, uh, as much as those star players get fouled a lot, you have to think they're going to shoot a million free throws, right? Well, they're not. They're averaging 19 free throws per game. That's the lowest in franchise history. The lowest. Now, part of that is them learning how to play together, which we talk about ad nauseum, but that's that's also a huge issue. That's a huge problem. That is the easiest way to score in the NBA is getting to the line. They're just not doing They're making life really, really tough on themselves. And that to me is, a, is one of the more shocking things that's happened this season is the fact that the Thunder are shooting the lowest amount of free throws they've ever shot. That to me is a huge issue. And obviously they've got to make free throws. I mean, it's one thing for Andre Robertson to clang three in a row. It's quite another for Russell Westbrook. So they have to figure it out. And I kind of joked on Twitter that the, the free throw psychologists better be getting paid overtime. For the Thunder, and I got a million tweets saying they should have fired that guy already. Well, I was already assuming that guy had been fired, and they had a new one. But they need a free throw psychologist right now because it's it's not great. But uh, an important thing you know, the Thunder now fall below five hundred, and you know the tendency in the NBA, and especially especially here in Oklahoma, like it's a college football state, people freak out when the Thunder lose, which it's just kind of that mentality of college football, where if you lose, your season's over. But that should not be the case. You know, I predicted this team would start out about 500. I expected there to be growing pains. But they, I think the Thunder have actually looked a little better than I thought, which considering this stat right here from Sam Amick, who does a really good job for USA Today, said the Thunder is under 500, nine games in, but the more telling sign of their play, they're third in NBA in point differential at plus 7.2 behind the Celtics and Warriors. That's it. Only the Celtics and Warriors have a better point differential. So that kind of tells you that, you know, a few of these games have gone down to the last couple plays. You know, the, the banked-in three against the Timberwolves will always stick out. But that's indicative of saying that they're they're playing much better than their record. And I I, I think you can see that. I think it's been spelled out for you when you, when you watch this team. So, uh, Thunder lose another one. That's not great. But uh, I don't think it's anything to freak out about just yet, obviously. We're still very early in the season. And... I've said this on Twitter, and I think I've said this every single season since the Thunder have been in Oklahoma City. Is It never seems like they've ever played well in Portland. Like, ever. <laughs> every time there's that late West Coast game in Portland, it just feels like the Thunder play horrible, and they melt down and end up getting blown out. And it feels like they're over in Portland. But they've actually, they're actually – they're actually – Eleven and nineteen all time since two thousand eight in Portland, so they've they've lost uh what is that they're eleven or no they're eight they're eight and twelve my bad I had that number mixed up they're eight and twelve uh over their time going to portland so they they have never really played well there historically and it feels much worse than than that so it's just another case of <laughs> them going to the west coast not playing as well and uh coming out with a loss but you got to give Damian Lillard credit he's that's four straight games for him with 30 points uh got to give them credit so it was a, a bad loss for the thunder uh, now they go on the road to Sacramento you have to think you have to think that uh they can beat Sacramento who's been one of the worst teams in the NBA I'm sorry Port- thunder were 7 and 11 coming into that game in Portland they're now 7 and 12 so there you go not great haven't really played well, that well in Portland. Uh, but now, yeah, Thunder go on the road now to Sacramento. Uh, that's on Tuesday night, 9 o'clock Oklahoma time, then at Denver. Then on Friday, they return home to face the Clippers. So a couple road games here against Sacramento and Denver. I expect them to win both of those games, but uh, you never know. Thunder are a thrill a minute. There's no doubt about that. Uh, let's get to some Twitter questions. Uh, this is from my friends Down to Dunk. The Down to Dunk podcast. You should listen to them as well. Should Jeremy Grant or Patrick Patterson play more? That's a fascinating question. And one I did not expect to be wavering on at this point in the season. I think the answer is Jeremy Grant right now. You know, Patrick Patterson's still working his way back through that knee injury. Uh, It just seems to me like Jeremy Grant offers more all the way around on the basketball floor right now. I think Patrick Patterson's a better shooter. can hit more three-pointers but just the athleticism that Jeremy Grant brings that dunk he had against Portland that reverse dunk was insane he, he's he's getting better at driving to the basket which is something we had not seen from Jeremy Grant it's he's still not great at it it's still not a great dribbler but he's shown a little more tweaks to his game that you can tell he's worked on this this offseason and i think Jeremy Grant's playing his way out of Oklahoma City to be honest with his salary he's going to be a free agent next year doesn't make any money he makes like less than a million bucks right now uh he's going to get paid but uh, in the future, I do think Patrick Patterson will play more and should play more. But right now, I'm going with Jeremy Grant. And Patrick takes some threes that I don't like. Like, he he took a few early in the shot clock from the top of the key from three. Which, if, if you're Patrick Patterson, you're open in the corner by all means. If you're open in the corner, take that three. But I don't like seeing Patrick Patterson pull up from the top of the key early in the shot clock. That's not really what he is. So, I... I haven't really liked what I've seen out of Patrick Patterson. I still love him as a player. I think he's going to be a great role player. Probably their sixth man off the bench, first guy off the bench. But right now, I'd be riding Jeremy Grant. I think he's played very well and, and really is going to get paid this offseason by somebody. I don't think it's going to be the Thunder. Um, let's see here. Okay, this one's a little hot takey, but Will Donovan's hot seat. Uh, Get hot if problems... Well, Don and Seat get hot if problems aren't fixed by Christmas. That's from Goat Views. (laughs) Uh, No, his seat will not get warm by Christmas. And there are problems, but as I said, they're third in the NBA in point differential. And a lot of their problems really have stemmed from Carmelo and Paul George and Russell not hitting shots, more so than a function of the offense. I mean, they, they haven't been just stifled to where it seems as if Billy Donovan doesn't know what to do with these guys I think a lot of times they've missed some open looks hasn't seemed like they've struggled too much offensively as far as getting what they want I mean Carmelo can get a can get an open shot virtually anytime he wants you know he gets ridiculed for taking those long twos and Melo's like look dude that's like a layup for me (laughs) I'm gonna make a bunch of those so no I don't think Billy Donovan's seat's gonna get hot at any point this season but has it been a little disappointing? Yeah, sure. I mean, they're under 500, but again, I I kind of expected them to be. I know Thunder fans were ready for him to go 82 and 0, but I I don't see that being an issue much at all. Has the NBA addressed uh, Carmelo's ejection yet? And if so, what do you expect them to do? When do you expect them to do so? I would expect them some point today. Maybe by the time this podcast is out, I think they're going to rescind. The flagrant two I mean I just I can't imagine they're going to look at that again and and say yeah that was a great call great call guys so I I don't think uh I think they'll do what's what's right ultimately and that's kind of what Carmelo said afterwards but uh yeah it was a shocking night with Carmelo getting tossed out for seemingly a basketball play and uh, I don't think that's a precedent the NBA wants to set to where they're reviewing every single collision at the rim I mean that's that's not that's something that'll slow the game down and that's something that's going to happen every single game, many 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 times. That'll do it for Twitter questions. And uh, again, this has been the Locked On Thunder podcast, brought to you by Print, local T-shirt company. You can join their uh, T-shirt of the Month Club for ten bucks a month. You can get a new Thunder T-shirt every single month, first week of every single month. They'll send you one for ten bucks. You will not find a better deal than that. And again, if you want the best, coolest Thunder gear, you got to go to prnt.co for all the coolest gear. You know, they have the Brody and the Cats shirt. It's hilarious, it brings the house down every time you wear it. They got the Hoodie Mellow hoodie, the uh, Sam Presti's the Real MVP t shirt, all the good stuff. All the coolest Thunder gear you're going to wear at Chesapeake Energy Arena. You can find it at prnt.co. Print is the official sponsor of the Locked On Thunder podcast. Big thanks to them. Check them out. This has been the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham. Hey, Prime members.
0: You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.